We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date. Detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply. Rick Dam Camp. They had things like Rick Camp. Yeah. Uh, You're listening to Rick Camp. There's a surprise. There's a big surprise, literally and figuratively. On 670, the score, Chicago's sports station. Welcome in. I am Rick Camp. I'm here with you till 9 o'clock once again here on a Friday night. I kind of like this. Getting to have the Friday Friday night uh time slot a little bit the last few weeks. I mean, especially leading up to uh to Bears week one. I mean, I understand the Bears are not favored to win this game. I do not think the Bears will win this game. However, it's gonna be a lot of fun getting to go over where the Bears are. We've done a lot of big picture the last couple times I've been on Fridays, but we're gonna get a, we're gonna do a little bit of that. Because there's more that came up this week in terms of big picture bears and in terms of the salary cap and what it means for, you know, the future of this team. Because it can't just be, hey, you have the quarterback. That might be the most important thing, but it can't be the only thing. 312-644-6767 is the number here at The Score. I'm broadcasting live from The Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And this is a Bears Friday, and Window Works presents Bears Fridays with half price savings at mywindowworks.com. All right. On the other side of the glass tonight, Brandon Fryer. It's always good to get to work with Brandon, doing excellent work around here at the score. Loaded show tonight, seven to nine. So a two hour show. Got three guests for you because I want to get you all the information so that this can be a fun week one and a profitable week one. Because, hey, It's tough times for everybody. So if we can make it profitable out there, that's another way to just enjoy our NFL week one even more. 740, speak with Eugene McIntosh from It's the Bigs. Gene was out at Wrigley Field today. I mean, Chris Bryant's first day back at Wrigley Field since the trade to the Giants. There's the video tribute. I mean, Chris Bryant didn't have the best day at the plate. We'll talk with Gene about what happened at Wrigley, what the atmosphere was like there, and you know, one of the few moments since the trade deadline where the Cubs have had, obviously had their win streak, but it kind of felt like something mattered a little bit. And that's and that's okay, and that's cool to reflect on what happened and, and you know, another sign of, hey, this thing's over for now probably. So we'll speak with Gene about that and get his thoughts on the Bears and what's coming up in week one as well. Eight o'clock, 
my guy Joe Ostrowski. I'm trying to think of if this is the first time uh, Joe has been on the nighttime show since he went to BetQL Daily on BetQL uh, Audio Network full time. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the case, but I'll ask Joe about that at 8 o'clock. We'll obviously talk about the Bears. We'll talk about week one. He's running a survivor pool, and I know it's ruining his life right now because of all the logistics that go into running one of those things uh, at the beginning of at the beginning of a season. So this is my first year doing survivor pools. Uh, there's you know like all your pick 'em contests. So we're gonna get ready for week one with Joe in terms of how to play those. Look at sides and totals a lot with Joe. And then at eight twenty, Brandon Robinson, for who's one of the hosts of the Rule of Three podcast for Windy, Windy City Gridiron. We'll talk Bears with him as well. And he is like waist deep in player props for week one. And for me, working You Better You Bet on BetQL, going through, like we spent four segments today just re- going down all the games left on this week one slate outside of Monday night because, you know, another show before that one. But we'll go over player props and what that means because a thing for for you and for me is that betting and fantasy content are so intertwined. If you hear someone likes an over for yardage or for a touchdown for a player, even if you're not someone that bets, if you're a fantasy football player, which so many people are, that's a way you're going to be able to glean some information about maybe this guy, when I'm deciding on a flex spot, maybe I should start this guy over the other guy. And to the 630 texter, and the Tech Zone's brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. I am in studio. Just to confirm, I am Rick Camp, and I am in studio. 312-644-6767 is the number at the score to call, to text. What are your thoughts on the Bears going into week one? And I guess my overall question to start is, what's the path to victory for the Bears? Because obviously I'm not the highest on the Bears for this season overall. But it's not like it's a 0% chance that the Bears win this game. Maybe I take I took the Rams in my one survivor pool, so I tend to lean that way more than most games this weekend. However, there's a way the Bears can win this game. It's not a likely one, but there is that possibility. How do you believe the Bears have to do that? And don't say... Andy Dalton has to suck and they have to replace him with Justin Fields after the first series. Like we got to be somewhat realistic about this. And if we're being honest too, I think Justin Fields is going to be a really good quarterback. However, you know, just doing that week one is certainly no guarantee of a win against a defense that can be as good as the Rams. So that I'll start with where a few items that I think is are key for the bears in terms of being able to win this game because Andy Dalton, and this is a term Bulls fans have heard a lot of lately, floor raiser, maybe. And I think that's about as close to a compliment as you can give Andy Dalton at this point in his career is that he might raise your floor a little bit. Is the floor maybe a little bit higher than it was with Mitch Trubisky to where you can trust certain things a little bit more? Matt Nagy's, you know, wonderful offense that he thinks he has. Is that something that can be trusted a little bit? Matt Necky can trust a little bit more in Andy Dalton. And 
something also that was uh, David Haw wrote for 670thescore.com, and it was a really, really good piece about essentially is Matt Nagy cool with his offense not being the thing anymore on the offense? His Is his scheme not being the main attraction okay with him now that Justin Fields is in the fold? It's kind of one of those of if you're going to bring in your quarterback to help, honestly, partially to help save your job, are you cool with then your offense that got you the job not being as much of a focal point? I think that's incredibly interesting, and it was really well done by David. So if you have not read that, go to 670thescore.com and give that a read. Just as to help frame what the market thinks of this Bears-Rams game, currently the Rams are 7.5-point favorites, and the total is 47. So if I'm trying to do the math on over the, on the top of my head, off the top of my head here, which is always dangerous, essentially saying 27 and a half to 19 and a half is about what you're saying. Cause I believe the, the juice has been switching between the bears and Rams, but I believe last I checked, it was on the Rams. So leaning towards an eight point differential than a seven. So essentially the market thinks the bears are going to lose by seven or eight points, just over a touchdown. And it's not going to be the highest of scoring games, but probably fairly average. And when you consider that, the market says the Bears offense can't do much of anything. Under 20 points is what the implied point total says. And if you're going to be the offensive coach and bring in, in theory, your guy for the moment to play quarterback, if your offense cannot put up at least 20 points, then it's again, what are we doing here? And I think that's the balance of what are the Bears in terms of trying to win now versus what are the Bears big picture can be so different. And I do find that fascinating. So, all right, not going to waste any more time. 312-644-6767. 815-TEXTER, I appreciate you for uh, just pointing out that it's nice to have me back on the air. and. That's cool. I always appreciate when people take the time to say something like that. But what's the Bears' path to victory? Offensively, you have to game plan around the fact that the Rams can rush the passer. And this might be something that's similar on both sides because neither offensive line is that great. The Bears' offensive line at least looks a lot worse coming into week one than what the Rams are at the moment. However, the Rams probably have the better pass rush overall if you can assume Leonard Floyd has as good of a year as he did last year. And the thing with the Bears, and Jason Leisure wrote this today in the Sun-Times, is just also look at the age of the Bears players, their key players on defense. Of your guys that would maybe be considered impact or extremely important players, Eddie Jackson and Roquan Smith are under 30. But when you look at Khalil Mack, when you look at guys like Akeem Hicks, Robert Quinn, Danny Trevathan. These are guys that are either at the back end of their prime or already on the way down. So I don't know if it's fair to expect, oh, well, you know, back to a Fangio defense, that means it's going to look just like it did in 2018. So I just don't know if you can trust that from the Bears and expect quite as much from the front seven, even though to win, that's exactly what the Bears need. 
So offensively for the Bears, quick passing game. And that's on, the impetus is on the quarterback to make the right decision and also something that we didn't see a lot of in the preseason. And mind you, of course, Allen Robinson wasn't out there. Darnell Mooney was not out there very often. Separation. Being able to quickly give space for Andy Dalton to make the throw. Some of that can be scheme related. Some of that can be just beating your dude off the line. And obviously, we've seen how many millions of times the gift, it was a short enough clip to where it could be a gif of Darnell Moody just burning Jalen Ramsey off the line and then just having the ball fly way over his head. Something along those lines. If you're going to get a big play, it's going to have to be beating the DB off the line and having some space and having Dalton put it in the right spot to be able to get a 20-plus yard play. Because that's what you need to do. You need to you need the quick plays, but you also need to have the ability to stretch that defense vertically a little bit. And I know it sounds somewhat counterintuitive. because It's like, well, how are you going to get the ball out but also get downfield? I get it. It's not easy. That's the position the Bears are in due to the status of the offensive line. And some of it can also be get David Montgomery going. Run the ball with him. The the reports on him out of camp have been glowing. But once again, how well can your running game, how good can your running game be if your offensive line is not situated very well to be able to block? And especially against a D-line with some of the impact players, or I should say a front seven with some impact players like Leonard Floyd, who we saw in Chicago, even when he wasn't rushing the passer, if the Bears want to run some of that outside zone game, he's good at setting the edge and making it more difficult for the running back to get outside for the big play. And obviously Aaron Donald, the best defensive player in the game. Probably him and Patrick Mahomes, the two best players, regardless of position in the NFL. And yet the Bears at times have had modicum amounts of success against Aaron Donald specifically. So maybe Matt Nagy has a tendency that he knows he can exploit a little bit, and the Bears are going to need all of that because of how the offensive line has looked. And then, obviously, the, in the passing game, the offensive line has to hold up just a little bit. Just a little bit, and that's obviously where your run game comes in to be able to slow down the defense let the play-action game work a little bit. Remember what the Bears' offense was latter parts of last season? It's going to have to be similar to that, you would think, to give the offensive line a prayer, to give Andy Dalton a chance every once in a while to hold the ball a little bit longer, let those receivers get downfield, and be able to hit a big play. Because one thing about the Rams' defense, and this is kind of the way they've structured their entire roster, it is stars and scrubs. Not necessarily saying those scrubs are bad players, but they're guys with less pedigree where they were either lower draft picks or guys that were able to get cheaper in free agency to where if you can if you can get by Jalen Ramsey, if you can limit some of the impact of Aaron Donald, if you can limit Leonard Floyd off the edge, that's when the Bears might have an opportunity to put up enough offense to get by if their offense has a really, really good game. 312-644-6767 is the number. Text in, call in, be taking your calls as well. 740, speak with Eugene McIntosh. 
get a little bit of Chris Bryant talking there amidst all the Bears stuff. And then that second hour, if you're someone that likes to be profitable in, in your sports viewing, it's going to be the hour for you. Joe Ostrowski and Brandon Robinson are going to join me then. When we come back, I'll get to what the Bears defense has to do to try and slow down what the Rams can do offensively, even if we haven't necessarily seen it yet in the Matt Stafford era. We'll get to that next. I'm Rick Camp here with you till 9 o'clock on the score. He's going to be doubtful. Um, and so, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes tomorrow, see where he's at. But uh, it'll, if, if, he, uh, if he gets better tomorrow or, or on Sunday and all that whole, that whole deal, then that'll be good for him and we'll get him out there. And if he's not, then it'll give an opportunity for other guys below him to, you know, to play a little bit. So um, that's where we're at with him. That's Bears head coach Matt Nagy on the status of Eddie Goldman. Everybody's looking forward to having Eddie Goldman back this season after sitting out last year due to COVID. And now with that Monday injury that he's got knee and ankle that he's working through right now, doubtful is very, very strongly leaning towards not playing. If there was really much doubt at all, he'd probably be listed questionable. But the fact that he's listed doubtful sure makes it seem like the Bears are not going to have Eddie Goldman, and that's going to hurt. I am Recamp. I'm here with you until 9 o'clock in 20 minutes. I have a conversation with Eugene McIntosh from It's the Bigs about Chris Bryant returning to Wrigley Field, conversation about a little bit about the Cubs, and a little bit about the Bears as well. Top of the 8 o'clock hour, Joe Ostrowski. We're going to talk about the Bears because, you know, Joe and I are very optimistic people at all times, of course especially about the Bears. So <laughs> we'll talk about the Bears and go through some week one uh, totals and try and get you ready for your pickums and your survivor contests. And 820, Brandon Robinson uh, from the Rule of Three podcast on player props for week one and just kind of a look around the NFL for week one and it'll help out your fantasy season as well. 312-644-6767. The question I'm asking you tonight is, What's the realistic path to victory for the Bears against the Rams on Sunday night football? Mentioned a lot of stuff involving the offense in the first segment. Quick passing game, offense holding up enough and be able to run the ball so that there's something else that the Rams have to respect outside of what Andy Dalton is trying to do to just do enough and get the Bears by. Now what the Bears have to do defensively. Going to be a lot more difficult without Eddie Goldman. Because even with, and mind you, this is a big thing that Cam Akers, the running back for the Rams, who had an awesome second half of last season, is out, obviously out for the year. The fact that he's not there helps out a good amount, but still, Daryl Henderson, Sony Michelle are guys that in the right circumstance, if given space, can definitely hurt you. So the Bears need to be stout enough against the run Because the first thing they have to try to do, even though Matt Stafford and that passing game is good, is try and make that team one-dimensional. Because even though, I mean, both teams last night were basically one-dimensional, I mean, the Cowboys being able to do, I imagine it's like Mike McCarthy has his offense, and Kellen Moore was like, so what we did last year, I understand there were times where it was Garrett Gilbert and Ben DiNucci at quarterback, but let me do my thing. And that, if that's Kellen Moore's thing, 
This Dallas offense is going to be fun to watch all year long, even with Michael Gallup now out three to five weeks with a hammy. So that's that's a whole different thing. Hammy or an ankle? One of the two. Either way, Michael Gallup's out for a minute. So Dallas is going to be a lot of fun. The Rams, they have a little a little more narrow of a target distribution in terms of what they do because really it's Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, who are very good. Tyler Higby, who's like fine. He's a tight he's a tight end that can get you by. He's the guy that in like fantasy drafts, if you miss on like the top five or six dudes, you're like, all right, I'll uh I'll wait like five rounds and I'll try and get Tyler Higby. That is exactly me. That's me. Yeah. In fantasy. I, I got Tyler. Yep, that that's what he is. I mean, he's of the guys that are blah, he's like more consistent blah. And now that he has a better quarterback, maybe he can rise a little bit above that, but not too much. So then they have whatever their running backs are able to give them out of the backfield, which in, in terms of Sony Michelle is not much. In terms of Daryl Henderson, a little bit. And then what, you have like Van Jefferson over there as well to fill out that wide receiver depth. But it's not – there are ways to make that work. And Sean McVay, really good offense, but a lot of their stuff is based off of, you know, being able to work play action, which it's been proven again and again that – having to establish the run for play action to work is not necessarily true, but obviously there are other benefits to being able to run the ball well. And that, I think that's just obvious. So first thing the bears have to do in my mind, just try and make the Rams one dimensional. Sean McVay's gotten better about not abandoning the run like Matt Nagy tends to do. But if you can give yourself that opportunity to say, okay, we know they are going to pass the ball. It's just a matter of how they're going to go about doing it. That's the first thing you should be able to do. 312-644-6767. And from the 630, we're just being mean-spirited. Injuries to Stafford and Aaron Donald are the only path to victory. That's not fair. Also not nice. But, you know, I never root for injuries. I just hope for guys to not play as well on a given day. But yes, if those guys were to get hurt, that would help the Bears. But I'm not rooting for them to get hurt. I want the Bears, if the Bears are going to win, I want them to win because they're playing better than the Rams. Never root for injuries. It's just just a bad guy move. Bob's in Joliet, and Bob is on the score. Hey, uh, Rick, hi. How are you doing? Good. Um, hey, Bob, can you turn the radio heard... off for me? Yeah, I just did. Thank Perfect. you. Sorry Thank you. about that. Oh, no, you're good. Um Hey, I hear you on the uh, weekend uh, Saturday suckage. I, I like your content, and uh, I've yet to try your podcast, but uh, I will. I, I love food. Um, hey, hey um, here's what I wanted to ask you about. Vegas has the Bears eight and a half over or under. Um, I've asked Grody this the last two years. He's been incorrect, wrong. Um, what are, what are you going, uh, if you had to bet a dollar in Vegas, mm-hmm. eight and a half over or under for for the win total or for week one? Yes. Win, win total. Oh, under, I mean, what I've been, I don't, what I've been looking at more recently is the bears are at seven and a half and it's juiced to the under. So basically saying the bears would be 
uh, the Bears would be seven and ten or worse. Because I, I I'm still working on the conversions of mind you, it's not hard to like, hey, there's one more game, but like in my head, you think you look at a team and you're like, oh, that looks like an eight and eight team. Well, they're they're not going to be eight and eight this year, unless you're uh, in the athletics official. Uh, preview. I believe it, Kevin Fishbane had them eight, eight, and one, which I appreciate the bit to make sure that they can still be five hundred. So I appreciate that. But there's a lot for me. There's a lot more ways things can go wrong for the Bears than they can go right. One thing that was uh, that I, I just kind of mentioned in passing last segment, and it was uh, Jason Leisure that wrote it up, is the Bears have the oldest roster in the NFL, and part of that is because of not having enough draft picks to have your depth be younger guys. So then you have to go out and bring in older guys, or sometimes it's the guys you're drafting with those few picks that you have are not doing well enough. So you have to bring in, you know, because a few years ago, the, the whole like mash of DBs that they took in Deandre Houston, Carson and Dion Bush. And there were a couple other ones that never stuck. None of them were really able to turn out to be guys that can play in more than a special teams capacity. You have to bring in a 31-year-old now uh, to Sean Gibson, who I think is a solid player, but what are you really doing there? The fact that you still need Danny Trevathan to be playing at his age, you know, that's also not great. The fact that through their depth they have to stay older hurts them, and that's part of what puts them in the cap situation they are. And this is – I'll get to this quick because I don't necessarily want to do a ton of big picture at the moment. What I don't understand about Ryan Pace and what he did this week is once again restructuring contracts so that they're more prohibitive and they hurt you down the road to get flexibility right now. But the thing is, if I'm if I'm trying to think logically about this, the, the goal of everything is to maximize Justin Fields on his rookie deal. So in this first year, when if, if you're looking at it from an altruistic perspective where job status doesn't necessarily matter, and it's, okay, Justin Fields is there. If he's not going to start week one, which you know I disagree with, but I don't think it's the end of the world, why wouldn't you take your lumps on the salary cap now? So when Justin Fields is starting going into year two, you have a better idea of what he looks like when he's playing quarterback. You have you know what you need to put around him to succeed offensively and then realizing what you still have defensively and where you can maybe make some cuts money-wise and all that kind of stuff. Why not do that this year? So you can go into year two of Justin Fields, the first year of him starting the entire season, and maybe not have a ton of space, but be able to make some moves to be able to do what you need to do. And then... In those latter couple years, you have a lot of space. You have flexibility to get what you need. Because the Bears are knocking on the door of having $40 million in dead cap going into next year. And why this matters is, so Warren Sharp on Twitter, at Sharp Football, uh, he has his own website, Sharp Football Analysis, sharpfootballstats.com. He's on the Ringer and NBC as well. Looked at. Teams that, and this was in reference to the Lions this year. What's the record of teams with an excess of $40 million in dead cap space in the last 10 years? Going back those 10 years, exactly 
two teams out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, or two out of twelve, I should say, had more than five wins. None had more than seven. So if you even look at that, and it's not per it's not a perfect way to look at it because every situation's different. But two of twelve had over five wins. Basically, two of 12 were able to have a prayer of not having a top 10 pick the next year when they had so much dead, dead money on their cap. And yes, you can, you can do a lot of funny money things with the salary cap in the NFL, but you can't kick, it, kick that can down the road in perpetuity. At some point, you know, the piper comes calling. And that's where, like, the Atlanta Falcons are this year. There's a lot of teams that, it, so it's like, if Justin Fields in the future is what matters, why are you, you know, taking out the kneecaps, Detroit, of the Bears moving forward when you have a better idea of what your, in theory, franchise quarterback is? And it all goes back to Hayes and Nagy getting to stay. Maybe the Bears, if they make a regime change, they don't get Justin Fields. Okay, cool. But because they're able to stay and linger around, now you get them doing this to help the short term, even when the short term seems pretty futile this year. Remember last week, brought up that survey in The Athletic, and that's not a perfect thing, saying the Bears are the 14th best team in the NFC. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think they're a little bit higher, but still, not a team that's likely to make the playoffs, and you're going all in for a team that might not make the playoffs, probably won't make the playoffs. So I don't understand the thought process. It's the, well, I I guess I do understand it for them because it's, we're trying to save our jobs by any means possible. And we're assuming that those jobs are in jeopardy. We never find out what Ryan Pace's extension was. You know, don't know the contract statuses of your coach and your GM. Don't know what your ownership group or your president think of them. So it's tough to have a great read on it. But that's part of what makes all this frustrating as we get back to week one and trying to figure out what the Bears need to do. That was like a long, circuitous route to try and get to where where we are right now. But to get back to it, on that D-line, the Bears need to get that pressure. They need to be able to force Matt Stafford to speed up the clock in terms of what he's trying to do and maybe force a turnover or two. Because Matt Stafford's gotten a lot better over the course of his career not turning the ball over. However, he's not as mobile as he used to be either. He's mobile enough to get by. But if the Bears are able to get pressure, force guys to speed up their clocks, maybe they get an opportunity for the next thing, which is obviously you have to win the turnover battle. When your offense is struggling, you need better field position and obviously take away possessions from the opponent. Like This is all like really rudimentary stuff. However, it's it's what the Bears need to do to win. And then when you're able to get that pressure, it makes it easier on your secondary. Because, boy, the Bears couldn't wait to tell you, yeah, Kendall Vildor and Duke Shelley. That's going to help the depth in the secondary. That's where the Bears are going to be. Because what, Artie Burns is buried on the depth chart. Desmond Trufant is, is a myth as much as anything at this point. So that's where the Bears are. And it's going to be really tough. And that's why in week one, they're more than a touchdown underdog to the Rams. And the Rams are far from a perfect team. There's ways to exploit the Rams. But 
don't know. I, I, it's, it's just going to be really tough. And that's why when I look at it and I had to make my survivor pick this week, I went with the Rams because I just don't know in week one how the Bears are going to be able to do this. And by all means, prove me wrong. I'm not saying the Bears need to prove me wrong and this, that, and the third. That's not me. That's I'm just saying, yeah, it'd be really great if they ended up proving me wrong. Believe me, I'm wrong all the time. Very happy to admit it. So if I'm wrong again, it means the Bears win, and maybe things start moving in a positive direction, here for it. 312-644-6767 is the number. Text me. Call me. The bottom of the hour is brought to you by DuckDuckGo. When we come back, I'm going to take a quick, quick break from football. Talk with Eugene McIntosh, who was at Wrigley today for, hey, Chris Bryant being back. He was part of the scrum that got to talk to Chris Bryant before the game. Gene's a really, really good baseball mind, but it's just a good Chicago sports mind. So we'll talk to him about the Cubs, a little bit about the Bears, before we get to Joe Ostrowski at the top of the hour on the score. And now Chris Bryant batting, and listen to these great fans at Wrigley. Chris Bryant. Bryant stepping out of the box. Fans standing everywhere. Bleachers, lower deck, upper deck. That was a cool moment, as heard uh, right here on 670 to score. Pat Hughes, of course. And yeah, Chris Bryant made his return to Wrigley today. As weird as, you know, obviously this has been on the schedule. But it's still weird to see, still weird to say. So that's why I figure we go out to the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, and speak with Eugene McIntosh from It's the Bigs. You follow Gina on Twitter at Stay Humble. Gene, what was it like to be there, to get to, you know, be part of the scrum, get to talk to Chris Bryant in Giants gear, which was weird in and of itself, and then just like what the moments were like today at Wrigley? Well, thanks. First of all, thanks for having me, Rick. It's uh, good to hear from you, man. Long time no hear, long time no see. So good to hear your voice, man, yeah. first of all. Absolutely. Same with you, man. It's been too long. Yeah, man. We got to uh, close that gap a little more, you know. But, <laughs> um, but man, it was uh, it was really cool, man. It was, um, like, like KB said, it was um, the day he got traded and he landed in San Francisco and got, you know, got his bearings and realized what was going on. He said he had this date circled on his calendar. So, you know, just making the return, you know, talking about, you know, being able to give some of those goodbyes to some of the people that, you know, he wasn't able to since he got traded on the road, you know, being able to say goodbye to the fans. It was a really cool moment uh, prior to the game. Uh, there were cookies given out to. I don't know if they were if they were left for all of the. Oh no, it was for the ushers. It wasn't for the fans. It was all of the Cubs ushers. And there was a cookie in a bag with a note from the Bryant family that said, "What it said? Thank you for being a part of our family for the last seven years, the Bryant family." And you know that basically just lets you know the the the. The type of guy Chris Bryant is, you know, he's obviously he was, you know, 2015 NL Rookie of the Year, 2016 NL MVP, and just a stud of a baseball player. But I think what a lot of people don't know is just how great 
of a of a guy he was and or is and especially to the media you know he anytime i came up to him he was always available to talk never gave just that run of the mill answer he always you know he he dug deep if there was a something he wanted to get off his chest and i just appreciate you know the guy that chris bryant was to me for the five and a half years that i covered him man so it was just good to see him back and uh, in good graces, man, he was looking good, said he was feeling good, and he said San Francisco was a perfect fit for him. Was there anything that stuck out about what he said, you know, maybe perspective-wise? And I know, like, this entire season, he seemed to have pretty good perspective on where he was in relation to, you know, extension talks with the organization, all that stuff. But did, were you able to take anything away from what he said from when you guys got to speak with him? Well, the main thing I took away from him, and, I mean, you can kind of look at it, you know, really however you want, but when he was asked about a possible return, you know, because he'll be a free agent after this season, he said he'd never rule out returning to Chicago because, you know, he said this is this place has been home to me. This place has been great to me. It's given me all I've ever wanted and had in baseball. And he said, there's nothing like putting on that jersey and playing in front of the crowd at Wrigley Field. So, again, like you said, you can if, if you know Chris Bryant, like I said, I've covered him for five and a half years, and he, he was definitely one of those guys who, you know, just didn't give that run-of-the-mill answer. So, I mean, you can take it as he was just saying that to, you know, you know kind of appease the fan base, if that's what you want to call it. But I sincerely think that, you know, there is, the slightest chance. If I had to bet money on it, Rick, I do not think Chris Bryant will return to Chicago as a Cub at any point in his career. But, again, we stranger things have happened. And, um, you know, I tweeted earlier, you know, Chris Bryant is back on the north side of Chicago where he should still reside. And, you know, obviously I'm not Jed Hoyer, I'm not Tom Ricketts, I'm not in charge. But, I mean, I felt like if there were one of those guys that you could have kept around – it was Chris Bryant. Yeah, I'm sure if the Cubs are going to, you know, pony up the most money, he'd be like, oh, that's that's how many digits are in this answer? It's going to start with that number? Yeah, absolutely, I'll come <laughs> back. And I don't think I don't think either of us think that, that's going to happen. But, hey, yeah. Southside would be very, uh, very happy to take him at this point because, you know, the White Sox, you know, God, Lord, like, if, as if they need to actually extend that lineup down even further and make it even deeper, but that's a whole nother thing. So, since the all-star break, like, obviously the Cubs had the win streak and that was awesome, but has anything like truly mattered to you for like looking forward for this team from what you've seen post all-star break? Well, honest, I mean, it's, it's been cool, man. It, you know, it was tough at first, you know, having Javi and Rizzo and, and KB and then the other guy, Schwarber and getting to know Marisnik for a little bit. And even Darvish and Caratini, when they were, you know, they were the first to go. You know, it was tough, you know, kind of adjusting and, you know, getting to know some of these new guys. It's kind of been a revolving door for the Cubs. But it's been very cool to watch, you know, 30-year-old Patrick Wisdom and 30-year-old Rafael Ortega and, and the new guy Frank the Tank Schwindel. It's been really cool to watch these guys come in and take advantage of the opportunity because, you know, a lot of guys don't get they don't get this shot. And so right now, you know, like you said, they went on a what was it, seven game winning streak. And obviously they're not playing 
you're always playing for something. You, they're not playing yeah. for a World Series run. They're not playing for a playoff run. But these guys are playing for their Major League Baseball lives and trying to, you know, show and prove that they can be everyday Major League Baseball players. And I think, um, you know, finishing this season strong, coming back in uh, 2022, depending on what the Cubs do in free agency, you know, I think this is basically, it's, it's basically like, um, you know, an open tryout. So, Wisdom and and Frank Schwindel and Rafael Ortega, I think that all three of those guys are staking their claim at being part of that 26-man roster, you know, in 2022. So it's going to be interesting to see how this season ends, you know, what these guys do in free agency. Basically, this, first got to see what happens with the CBA, and, you know, that will probably take on a, a life of its own. But then it's the trickle-down effect from there, obviously, for the Cubs, I think the the in my I think the the number one the number one job for the Cubs in the off season is getting another is getting a superstar. Like we know we we know they need starting pitching, you know. But I think the number one thing for the Cubs is to get an all star caliber player, and then you let the chips fall where they may be. Speaking with Eugene McIntosh on Twitter at Stay Humble from It's the Bigs, and. Gene, I, I know you guys have Herb Howard on the Bears beat now, but I know you're keeping tabs uh, yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you give the Bears a much, much chance here in L.A. They're like seven and a half point dogs and uh, going to L.A. on Sunday night. Not a chance. <laughs> not you. a chance, Rick, but I will. I, this, If there's a will, there's a way. And I do think that there's a way that the Bears can beat the L.A. rounds, but it's all about Matt Nagy and – you know, it, it's tough for me. It, yeah. yeah, man, it's it's tough for me, man, because, you know, it, it, Andy Dalton is the quarterback. Okay, cool. So now what's the game plan for Andy Dalton? Is You, you, you got to run the ball. You got to – I mean, we know we know about the offensive line. The offensive line, they, they finished the season okay last year. We know the interior of the offensive line is good. Is, I, they're they're – they're good enough. Yeah. The outside is where they're lacking. So we know the defense. We know Aaron Donald. We know what, you know, we know what type of defense the LA Rams have. Jalen Ramsey. They got every part of the defense covered. So it's all about the game plan, man. If 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 Matt Nagy's gonna air the ball out forty to forty five times, like you know he thinks he got Patrick Mahomes or something back there, the Bears the Bears will get blown out and this game will be over by halftime. But if they kind of stick to the script, you know, Matt Nagy just you know, maybe hands the hands the offensive play calling over, and you know they 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 win the time of possession. That's that's the number one key is time of possession. I do think there is a chance, but if I was a bad man, which I am, Rick Camp, I would not take the Bears with the plus seven and a half. I think they will lose probably by fourteen to seventeen. I a hundred percent. Agree, and that's why, like in my survivor pool, I definitely took the Rams this week. I know it's chalky, but it's like, hey, it's week one. I don't want to go out in week one of my first survivor pool ever. So you gotta <laughs> gotta be respectable. Gotta be respectable with that. Hey, hey, Gene, it's great to get to talk to you, man. And you know, especially in like when little bits we get to talk on Twitter about basketball. I mean, we're only I think it's technically forty days today. I think it's forty days away from the start of the NBA season. So I know if I'm getting these opportunities still at that point in time, I'll be bothering you again to come on and talk some basketball too. Oh man, I'm you know I'm 100 percent with it, Rick. I can't wait to see what you got up your sleeve for 670, man. So just keep me posted. 
And everybody out there that's listening, man, make sure you guys stay in tune with us for this bear season. We got our guy Herb Howard on the beat all season. He'll be in L.A. this weekend. He'll be at Soldier Field every week. And uh, he'll be bringing you guys the best Bears coverage, you know, Chicago can offer. So stay in tune with us at It's the Bigs on Twitter. Follow us. Give us a, a follow. And, uh, you know, much love to you and the 670 fam, bro. Appreciate you. That's Eugene McIntosh. I love Gene. Follow him on Twitter at Stay Humble. And, yeah, between Gene, Terrence Tomlin, and now with Herb there, too, that's it's good people over there. At It's the Bigs. At stay humble for Gene. Yeah, good people. I, I love getting to especially talk basketball. What was it, a couple years ago now, like pre-COVID, at uh, at Lawrence's place. I think we had it was like me, Gene, Terrence, and Layla, just like talking basketball for I don't even know how long, but it, it was an absolute blast. And especially as me, someone who, shockingly enough, never really got to play at a decent level. I always try to get the thought process of people who were able to play and play at a decent level. And Gene's one of those dudes provides a perspective that I don't have. And I always appreciate getting that. I seen Eugene hoop before, man. He he could ball. He could really, really ball. Yeah? He'll bust you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I seen him ball a lot. I seen videos. I've seen him out there. He could, he could ball. So my, and this has been my strategy since like college going to the rec center. And mind you, this was like 15 years ago in college. So a, I'm old, uh, but like, I know what I am. I'm the guy that's going to get the rebound, get it to the guys that are better than me. I'm going to run the court. I'm going to set the screens. And I will, you know, ball mover, like whatever it's like saying Lonzo is. Like he knows where to make the right pass. That's all I try and do. Make the right pass and let, you know, the people that are more talented than me hit it. And then inevitably when people lay off of me and say we dare you to shoot, I can hit a jumper here and there. That sounds like Alice Caruso right there. That sounds like Alice Caruso. I that's mean, his style. I, I'm, I mean – in the, I mean, I'm not tall, but like the big man version of it. Like almost one thing, the guy I get to speak to every day at the end of uh, in Bulls post game, Bill Wennington, that like 15 foot baseline jumper, that uh, that you know the entire NBA Illuminati is just fading right now. Mind you, I I also agree with that, but like in you know in rec ball, who cares? Uh, that was one of my shots that I can hit consistently in college. Give me the elbow jumpers because I love watching the like early 2000s Sacramento Kings. Like with Chris Weber operating that offense from the elbow, that's the type of stuff I love. So like you know, have guys running around you, bring the ball up, and then when they sag off of you because they think you're going to pass the ball to a cutter, hit that elbow jumper. That's that's I can think the game, I just can't play it. <laughs> that that's my that's my problem. All right, big second hour here. If you like uh, investment opportunities, if you, if you're into sports betting. Helps out for fantasy as well, survivor pools, all that stuff. Joe Ostrowski's joining me at the top of the hour. We're going to go over, probably focus a little bit more on like sides and totals with Joe and like strategy for your picks, your uh, pick pools, and your survivors. And then at 820, Brandon Robinson. We're going to go over a ton of player props with Brandon too. So it's going to be a blast. Second hour coming up. I'm Rick Camp. I'm here with you till nine on the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. <sighs> spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.